are now locked in and listening to The Issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback, and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It, it feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. Thursday, June 22nd, and another episode for you here today. We are getting closer and closer to football season now and nearing the end of June, so show will be pretty fitting today. So we have a rant to start off on the Buffalo Bills, Brian Dayball and New York, kind of the, the combination of the two, how they look split up now, and, and kind of who won that breakup. Um, and then we're going to have hits and misses to close out the first segment right there. In the second segment, more NFL, up, down, sideways, where we go through, uh, we have seven NFL teams, which way are they trending? Are they trending up, down, or just kind of flatlining and staying sideways? And then um, we'll have some sports news there in the second segment to close that out. And in the third segment, college baseball has been a huge topic. We're going to dive into that, into the College World Series check-in in Omaha. But guys, thanks for joining us. No matter how you are, you can watch the show on YouTube. You can watch us on Spotify as well as Amazon Prime Video. And then if you want to listen to the show, throw it on in the car or something, we got Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and of course iTunes. We are everywhere podcasts are available, so go check it out. Uh, we appreciate you being here. The Issue Sports. Cultural trees has been fantastic. It has been. I've really enjoyed it. I mean, the amount of like ninth, like late game comebacks, eighth, ninth inning, uh, you know, comebacks and and heroic has been fantastic. So you mentioned the Buffalo Bills, the Giants, table, all that, and I've said it a bunch, and I'll continue to say it. We've said it before on the show. A great way to see a person's worth is how the company, the unit, the division, you know, the the family, what, how do they hold up after you leave? All right, that's going to tell you your worth. And, and how important you are. Right? Brian Dable has gone you know, to the New York Giants. And in his first season, he led the Giants to a playoff win. And the team looked significantly better. They looked much improved under Dable's direction. And to me, it's clear that on Brian's side of the ball offense, the Buffalo Bills have appeared to regress without him. Ken Dorsey, now the offensive coordinator. I'm asking myself, why? Right? It's like most of the same pieces and... You look statistically like you know they're they're about the same. They're about the same on third down, and they're tops in the league even in the, in that category. And they're top ten in red zone and top three in scoring offense. And they're the number two in yards. The run game was fine. I mean, it was seventh in football. Granted, Josh Allen helps you know helps out a lot on that, but still, they didn't run the football. Yeah, the defense has some flaws, but it's without a doubt a top ten defense. Their line isn't great. I know that's you know the weak spot. They allowed the eighth fewest sacks last year. So it's like, why are the Bills regressing? I mean, yes, Stephon Diggs is unhappy. Big shocker. Right? Like, we're all floored that a diva wide receiver is upset. Right? He's always unhappy. I mean, the man was fifth in yards. This is in the entire league. Fifth in yards. Fifth in targets. Fourth in catches. Tied for third in touchdowns. Yet he's unhappy. Stephon, go kick rocks. I don't understand it. You have a top three most talented quarterback in the game. You're being used just fine. You're fifth in targets. Oh, I want to be number one in targets. Well, I hate to break to you, man. You're not number one in talent. You're a good receiver. You're a top five receiver. Let's not act like you're A.J. Brown. Because you're not. You know, you're, you're, you're probably not Jamar Chase. You're probably not Justin Jefferson. That at best puts you at what? At best fourth? I would probably take Tyreek Hill because he's better He's, he's more special at something. Stephon Diggs is good at everything. Tyree Kill is all-worldly at something. So that's at, at best the fifth best. And that makes sense. He's fifth in yard, fifth in targets, fourth in catches, third in touchdowns. Oh, I'm unhappy with my usage rate. Of course, another diva receiver. What he, He's a joke as a professional. A joke. I don't take him seriously even a little bit. But that's not the problem. Like I said, you see he's productive. He's not the problem. So what is the real problem? It's going to, you know, it, it's not going to be a surprise. And it's going to hurt to say as a Josh Allen fan, but it's the turnovers. They led the entire league this past season in turnovers, as in worst in the league. They had the most amount of turnovers in football last year. That's odd because 
I wonder if I checked Brian Dable in the Giants stats. I wonder if he's good at minimizing turnovers. I wonder if it's like a strength of his. In 2021, with a very similar roster in New York, Daniel Jones still at the helm, different coach. The Giants led the league in turnovers. Worst in football. 32nd of 32 teams. This year, second in football. Cut their turnovers in half. In half. Buffalo added like 11 turnovers. They went from 13th in football to 27th. There, there is your impact of Brian Dable. Stephon Diggs is going to be unhappy no matter what. He had a great number two receiver, a very, very competent coach and a very competent quarterback in Minnesota, putting up top 10 numbers across the league. And he still forced his way out. Of course. I mean, of course he did. Because it's Stephon Diggs. He is... He's not going to work anywhere. Right, he's productive. You know, he's not going to just fit in. He's not going to be a Larry Fitzgerald... You know, get the first down, give the ball to the ref. I, I, I'm happy no matter how many targets I get a game, as long as the team's winning. It's not Stephon Diggs. And to his credit, not everybody has to be, to his defense, not everybody has to be Larry Fitzgerald. Right? Like, I, I was okay with Antonio Brown being a little bit diva-esque, but he's giving me 1,800 yards a year with, like, 18 touchdowns. I don't care if he wants more targets, if he's giving me that sort of production. Fine. Right? And to Stephon's defense, I, I don't really care that he's unhappy. He can, he can complain only once. It doesn't matter. As long as he showed up to the game and gave me this production, I don't care. So the real problem is the turnovers, and that's not that's nothing new. But you see with a defensive, defensive head coach, Sean McDermott, defensive culture in Buffalo, it's been like that forever. They don't understand the sensibility of offense. They let Brian Dable walk. They don't replace him with an adequate enough you know, person, I think Ken Dorsey's fine. More of a quarterback's coach. And when he was a quarterback's coach, Josh Allen was really good. As a coordinator, eh. He's, yeah, he has regressed. You have to get the offense right. You have to get the quarterback right. You have to do everything you can that is in your power to make sure your quarterback is as good as humanly possible. That's why I defended Dallas for years. Or I actually, not even defended. I actually kind of went at them for complaining about Kellen Moore as offensive coordinator. I go... You're paying Dak $45 million? You have to do everything you can to make Dak look like a superstar. Because talent-wise, he's not. You have to do everything you can to make that quarterback work. Joe Burrow getting Jamar Chase. You have to do everything you can to make that quarterback look, feel, and play well. And it's the same thing here. Josh Allen is not being given the opportunity to look good, feel good, play good. Ken Dorsey is not that guy. Sean McDermott has not built that culture in Buffalo. And you're going to see them regress even more. You're looking at teams. Who's going to make the playoffs that's new this year? And who's going to drop out, right? It happens every year, either two or three times each side of the league, AFC, NFC. And you look at the AFC, it's like, well, Miami got better. Maybe Baltimore will probably fall out. But it's like the Chargers got better with Kellen Moore and they added more talent. I mean, Denver just got a Hall of Fame coach and has a Hall of Fame quarterback. They'll probably be better. What are the teams on the fall? Buffalo. Sorry, Buffalo. Buffalo is, you know, we're going to play up down sideways. We don't have them in there. They're down. They're trending down. You have to understand offense in this day and age. It is 2023 NFL football. If your offense isn't good, if you're turning the ball over, you are not going to be successful, especially in the playoffs. That's what we've seen the last two years. Well, I think another big part of this that that people haven't looked at completely and, and – really taking the time to let it sink in and, and realize the fact that Brian Dayball leaving. So I think Buffalo became a little bit too dependent and a little bit too confident in the fact that Josh Allen would be able to carry that weight. Um, the, the offense, when, when Dayball was there, was top of the league. Like when we were doing our power rankings, it was like, oh my God, did we put the Chiefs or the Bills in, at number one. Um, and it was noticeable that they were a fantastic offensive power to be reckoned with. But he leaves, and like you said, they don't replace him. They, they don't they don't go find another offensive mastermind. They don't even put in really the effort to go do a gigantic job search around the NFL as they probably should have to find that next guy to work with Josh Allen. I think at that point they almost gave Josh Allen the keys a bit too early and just said, "Hey, man." 
look, this is all on you. The, we know you're special at quarterback. We know you're top of the league, one of the best in the game. You're going to figure this out. And, and so far, they've taken steps back and they have regressed. And I think that's because they have become even more Josh Allen dependent. They never had a run game, so they were always dependent on him. But now they are like uber dependent on Josh Allen. And I think that's where you're starting to see those steps back and starting to take that downfall a little bit. I think it's fair. You know, they, there's a real thing. When Dak throws more than 30 times, he's a sub-500 quarterback. When he throws less, he is a – and wins like 80% of his game. So, yeah, it's interesting. Thank you. Can't rely on the quarterback. Uh, so let's go, guys. We're going to get into some hits and misses here. Go over where we were right and wrong. Let's go. All right, hit one. <clears throat> I said for months on end, right? I said this when uh, I think the Buccos won like 11 straight or something like that. And I said, hey, pump the brakes. They're a young team. They're going to regress back to the mean. Uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to compete. They're going to be a competitive team somewhere yeah. around 500. They did just that. Though. I mean, they're now, they've dropped below 500. They have regressed back to the mean. They are actually like three or four games below. They, they've lost seven straight. Yeah. Um, and they're third in the NL Central, right? They just have not been playing good baseball. Good news, they called up Henry Davis, right? So Thank if God. you see the trajectory of the season is going down, call up your young guys, get them some experience, get the young guys at bats. That's fine. If they finish... With 75 wins, but Henry Davis is up and he, he he gets experience. I'm fine with it. Yeah, you're you're not a championship team anyway. Get experience, get better. There's no sense in Austin Hedges catching every day. There's just no there's no value to that. Right. I think we were we've been pushing for Henry Davis to come up for what? Either him or Andy. Four I mean, or five weeks now. Almost a month. I mean, we want him to come away from Double A. I so said, don't even. Like, why make the pit stop in Triple A? Just bring him all the way up. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean he lasted ten games in Triple A. <laughs> First career hit, double, double. smoked down the left smoked field line. Smoked it, smoked it. Uh, He's got it, a pretty swing. Yeah, he does, and um, you know, super good, sound defensive catcher. Yeah, so I, I can think play right field. He just plays a really nice right field. He's quick. The yeah, way he got yeah, around he that move. base path. I was yeah, like, well, for a catcher, what's yeah. his sixty time? He'd be like what six nine, maybe seven. Probably even less than that. I mean, at the end of the day, he has a big league. You know, I don't. I have no idea. But anyway, I mean, like, there's also something to be said for the no batting gloves, right? Like, hard nose. I, I, like I like it. He fits Pittsburgh. And we talk about this with quarterbacks. Like, quarterbacks kind of feel like they fit their, you know, their team in their area. And if they do, that's really, really good. Like, like John Elway, tough, rugged Denver back in the day, felt like Denver. Right? Big Ben in, in Pittsburgh, big, hardworking, yeah. physical guy. Like yeah. Josh Allen in Buffalo, right? Right. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, like, kind of flashy, right? Yeah. Kansas City can be flashy at times, Absolutely. right? They got the royal blue. But at the end of the day, like, down-to-earth, humble, right? Like Super blue collar. Yeah, yeah, Just very, can very work Kansas with, City. Can work with anyone. Yeah, Henry Davis um, feels like Pittsburgh. Henry Davis, six foot one, 175 pounds, runs a 7-1-2-60. Oh, 7 one there 2 okay, is. all right. Yeah. I don't even know what I'd run at eight seconds. <laughs> if it's below eight, I'll be a happy camper. I don't there you know. Go. I, don't, I don't run. Uh, miss number one here. <laughs> I haven't necessarily been a fan of the no salary cap in the MLB, and mostly for you know for fairness, right? The Yankees can go pay four hundred million if they want to because they have the market to do so. But the Buccos, and now I'm not defending them spending no money, but the Buccos market wise can't compete with a team like that. But I will say this year we were wrong. The Dodgers have been paying a lot. The Yankees are paying a lot. The Padres are paying a lot. They all none of them are playing good baseball right now. Nope. Right. The Diamondbacks are in first place in Little Arizona. Uh, the the Reds are competing. They've won nine straight, right? Even like Boston's Mil- in last. Boston, Milwaukee's in first place, right? Like those are the teams that right now have been winning baseball games. Sure. It's, it's weird. It goes against the norm, uh, but I'm here for it. I love it. Which is cool. I think we would see more of that on like a year to year basis if there were if there was a salary cap. I think that would help even the playing field a bunch. But like years like this, I mean, yeah, you can go out and pay four hundred million. But if that four hundred million is going to the wrong guys, yeah, it doesn't like, really matter all that much. And I said I don't love the I didn't love the Padres giving Xander Bogarts a ton of money. He was almost thirty years old. They gave him like eleven years. I was like, all right, yeah, we've seen, we've seen the fallout of that. All right, hit number two here. Uh, you know, this was especially your hit here. You uh, you weren't a fan of Zach Wilson from the very beginning. I said there's something there, but he needs a lot of work. Obviously, he didn't Super get that work. Yeah, though. Um, and just kind of everything about him, and then saying. Oh, you know, I'm going to make the next guy that comes in here. I'm going to make his life hell. And then Aaron's like, yeah, no, I mean, it's been pretty cool. It's been fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you were right there. We were correct there. And I mean, so far in camp, I mean, I don't know. I was a little shocked by this, but like, maybe I wasn't. I don't know. 
Zach Wilson has taken two snaps with the first team. Now, I understand he's not the starter. Aaron Rodgers is the clear-cut number one and a QB1 in, in New York. But you would assume that a quarterback that has started a season in the NFL would at least take more than two reps with the first team. Especially when we know Aaron is older and how important it is to have that number two guy ready to go. Sure, you're going to take the majority of your reps with the second team. I get that. You're going to yeah. be the backup. But, like, you started a year. And like, he, you need to be prepared. You need to have a relationship with these guys. I will say, there's a I lot of do, new guys. Yeah, yeah. I do like that. Um, I do like that Aaron is the one that is like the you know the older of the two quarterbacks that's there to. I know Aaron's not necessarily a great mentor, but he's a good guy for Zach to kind of shadow in a sense, right? Because yeah. we said Zach Wilson at his peak. What could Zach Wilson be? Aaron Rodgers, like he's got a very similar delivery, similar arm motion, right? Sure. You know, a very similar style of play right kind of playmaker but at the end of the day like better from the pocket mm-hmm. but Zach Wilson just wasn't very good right you know what and I mean like he's a little like, undersized but but at the end of the day like that was you know when we do comps we do more like high-end comp low-end comp right because it's very hard to be like oh he's gonna be this guy specifically because now you're talking Super Bowl stats what, what are his coaches a bunch what's of MVPs. His, yeah like what's his supporting cast like there's too much that goes into just can he be this guy but if you can give a high end and a low end, you can be like, okay, so he's that type of player. Where does he fall in that range, sure. right? So Zach Wilson, I was like, okay, high end Aaron Rodgers. What do we say? His low end was like Johnny Manziel. Yeah. And so now this gives this paints a picture. He's been a lot closer to Manziel Hell than Aaron Rodgers. Hell of a lot closer. But he's still in that style of play. And so it's good for him to see how that style of play should be played. Right. With a Hall of Fame. Even if he's not getting it verbally right from Aaron and, and like, just, just watching instruction. It. Yeah. 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 100%. Emulating a great. Yeah. Miss number two here. Uh, you know, we don't really, we don't talk soccer at all. We hate soccer mostly. I'm not going to lie. It's not super interesting. Nobody really cares. Yeah, keep that shit in Europe. Yeah. But I mean, I will say though, with Messi coming over for, for Miami and uh, Inter Miami or whatever, it's the MLS team. Uh, and the U.S. men's national team actually being really good. Soccer's getting bigger. Now, that doesn't mean we're talking about it. I'm not going to sit here and actually give you, like, analysis about soccer. I don't care. This might be the first time we've ever brought it up. Yeah, this might be this the first time. This show's been going on for yeah, almost I, I think we mentioned, now. like, how much we don't care during the World Cups. So that's why, you know, kind of talking how we, we don't care. We may have done that. <laughs> yeah, but, but I will say it's a miss on our part in the fact that, like, other people do care. Like, it's growing in popularity sure. in the United States. Sure. Again. I don't care. You don't care. Most of the fans that watch our show don't care, so we're not going to talk about it a lot. But it's getting bigger. Good for you if you're a soccer fan. Good for U.S. men's men's soccer. Sure. But nonetheless, we don't care. We won't care for any ever. Yeah, uh, the show gonna... is going to hit three year anniversary in in Jul- I think July second. That's fourth. the second time we brought up soccer, and I think that might be one of the first times we've ever talked about yeah, soccer. Hopefully, it stays here. like that. Hit number three here. Jordan Love is not that guy. We've said that about a thousand times now. Um, I mean, he can't even make a Father's Day joke about the Bears fans, right? He said, "Happy Father's Day to the Bears fans." Are you implying that Bears fans are your dad? Also, like, Aaron Rodgers did this whole thing, like, hey, Bears fans, like, you know, I'm your dad, like, I own you type thing. Yeah. Which, I mean, he did statistically. Oh, 100%. So, two things. One, why are you taking Aaron Rodgers' joke? Like, you're supposed to be the anti-Aaron Rodgers. Like, he's aging, you're young. Yeah. He's rigid with young guys. You're, like, young and fit in. Yeah. Right? Like, Aaron was more about himself. Like, you're supposed to be more about the team, right? Why would you try to, like, don't try to be Aaron Rodgers. Like, please. Yeah. Like, they just they got out of the Aaron Rodgers business, not because it's talent, because of it's Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, you want to be the anti-Aaron in this situation? Like, making a joke that Aaron made, or trying to at least, not not the best move in and of itself, and then botching the joke is probably not not it. Right. So we know his on-field performance hasn't been great, and now off-field, off the field isn't looking great either. No, it doesn't look too good. But I, it does make me wonder if uh, Baker Mayfield sent uh, Roethlisberger a little... Happy Father's Day text. Yeah, maybe set him an edible arrangement. Would that be gay? That's okay. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> That's okay, though. <laughs> I definitely think it could classify as that. All right, next. I couldn't have sent <laughs> my dad an edible arrangement. Okay, next thing. It's usually a text, maybe a case of beer, whatever. Okay, miss number three. I thought Zion Williamson, I thought he'd be a stud. <laughs> yeah. Big, can jump out of the gym, powerful, right? Can get to the rim, shoot good enough to keep you honest. So then you go <laughs> go close out. You know, he drives by you. Um, I mean, when he plays, he's a stud. But now he's like, God, this show is going off the rails <laughs> at the end of this. this. Just wait for what un- I said. Wait for what I, It's coming unhinged. 
Zion now doesn't play as much as he should. He's hurt more than he should be. He is making sex tapes with porn stars. <laughs> I swear to God, this is all real. This is all real. What is this? It's, uh, this is there's there's trade rumors for him. Like it went downhill quick for Zion and uh, in New Orleans. Show. <laughs> Let's just get out of this segment. All right. It's becoming unglued. Guys, don't go anywhere. We're going to have a more structured, <laughs> a more structured um, up downside. Yeah. At the, uh, the start of the second Please. segment there, we'll finish it off with sports Hell, news. I need a beer. And third segment, we'll talk a little bit about um, the College World Series, so don't go anywhere. Good to have you back. Second segment of the issue here on the, what, 22nd of June. Yeah. Bright sunny 22nd here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We appreciate joining us, whether that be via YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, whatever. There's about 40 different platforms. Figure it out. Find one of them. Recommend one of them to a friend. Um, we appreciate you guys stopping by. Go check out the store, clothes, all that cool stuff. Well, I don't know, whatever. Go check it out. There's newsletter, clothes, good stuff, good stuff, good site. This guy right here does a great job. So go check that out. Don't let that go to waste. Um, like I said, this segment we will have up, down, sideways, NFL edition. We got, what, seven teams, which, you know, if they're trending up, down, or sideways, or they stay in the same kind of plateauing. We'll then get into sports news per usual to end out the second segment. Yeah, uh, we've pieced ourselves back together from the end of that first. Um, we kind of got off the rails there a little bit, but hey, it was it was a good one. It was a good one. That was a, that was a solid hits and misses. I feel I like, would agree. I feel like that's what agree. the people want. It's what the people need. It, I would argue it, it is. Um, and what the people need now is to finally get that that jolt of NFL that they need. Right, mm-hmm. we're June twenty second now, so we're getting really close it's to the slow those, season. Those divisional predictions are coming up hot in the next what I think. Two to three weeks, probably. You, we're going to have some surprises. There are going to be a lot of surprises. Um, I don't think people are, I, I don't want to say aware, but we'll use the word aware. I don't think people are aware of just how much has happened in the NFL this offseason and what this draft has meant to so many different organizations and how that's going to flip everything around. The league fluctuates so much year in and year out. Which I think makes, honestly, the, the best product. I that's think that's the why, best. Yeah, that's why the NFL is so good. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, but here, <clears> this <throat> is going to be a good, uh, kind of a temperature gauge. So let's see, we got seven, I've got to find the right piece of paper here. Uh, we got seven NFL teams. Um, a couple of them, you know, on the fringe and been in the news a lot. And I think those are the types of teams that people want to hear the most about. So, like I said, seven teams. We're going to go through how they're trending after the offseason and after the schedule release. Uh, a couple weeks into camp, like the rookie camp and what we've seen so far come out of that. I'm going to give you a good baseline reading on where these teams are trending, whether that's up, down, or sideways. So, let's get right into it. First team up, uh, we got the New York Jets. I'm going to go up. I mean, anytime anytime you have the worst quarterback room in football last year and you win seven games and then you add a Hall of Famer, uh, I mean, yeah, you're going to be trending up. <laughs> uh, you get Brees Hall back, the really, really good rookie running back from last year, unfortunately got hurt. Hopefully he can come back. And even if he's 80% of what he was, they will have a good solid run game. Uh, their offensive line wasn't bad last year, went healthy. It just got beat up. Elijah Vera Tucker, a- uh, AVT, a lot of people call him. Um, very good guard last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll be back. So And Mekhi Becton will be back and healthy, right? They have pieces that are coming back. They'll be healthy. They have good corners, good pass rushers. It, it's kind of nice. We talked years for years about Brady and Belichick, right? It was good because Brady and McDaniels, they kind of handled the offense. Yeah. And then Belichick was an all-world defensive coach. Now, I don't think Saul is an all-world defensive coach. But I think he's a really competent defensive coach with really good talent on that side of the ball. Yeah. And now you can supplement it with, at, at, at worst, I can't see that offense being any worse than, like, 15th in the league. Well, he's got that structure. And it was, like, 30th last year. So even if it is 15th, they're going to be a much better football team. I agree. I think they have the framework and all the makings of a really good team. Um, and in that division, like we said, we're going to have some surprises in our divisional predictions. Yeah, This is one of those surprises, yeah, I think, yeah. where we talked about it to intro the show with your ran on Buffalo. Would it be crazy that the Jets win the division? I'm just going to put it out there. It's just, a, it's just some food for thought. I'm not saying anything. We're not having anything set in stone yet. But just think on it for a couple weeks until we get to the AFC East. I have Would a big, it be crazy for the Jets to win the division? I have a big prediction with that that is kind of in the works. I need to do some more research on it to make to make sure it's solid. But with Buffalo and, and New York and Miami in that division. All right. Uh, second team here on the docket, we got the Dallas Cowboys. 
mean, I'm going to go down. If C.D. Lamb rolls an ankle, who who's catching the, the football? Brandon Cooks. I mean, you can you can tell me Brandon Cooks that guy. I mean, he's he's a bounce around the league type of guy. He's been to like seven different teams. There's a reason that he's been to seven different teams. He's a good pro. Yeah, he's your good two. If he's your one, you're not a you're not a, a playoff team, right? He's been a one in Houston for the last couple of years. They're not a playoff team for more reasons than just that. But that's you know kind of an example of what he is as a player. Right. Um, Tony Pollard's good. Can he handle the entire workload now that it's no Zeke? Offensive line is aging. I think Dak is good, but once you start paying him more and relying on him more, he becomes less effective. He's better when he throws 28 times, not 36. He's going to be a lot of, in a lot of instances this year, throwing 36. So I would go down. Even plus. And you lose a great quarterback. 36 plus. And you lose, yeah, you lose Kellen Moore, which, which really hurts. My thing with Dallas is I'm not going to believe anything till I see it. I don't care if they have. Well, it's their year every year. Well, so. Right. I, I don't care if they have the best draft, the best offseason. I am still. Like the jury's still out on Dallas for me until I actually see the pieces come together and then put together a long, sustained, winning season. I like Mozzie Smith, their, their draft pick, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm sure, with like you. it's just we it, can like a lot of things about Dallas. The next much thing you know, like the boy who cried wolf, every single year, everybody in Dallas is hopping all over the Cowboys. Oh, yep. winning the Super Bowl this year, like we said, you did the TikTok. Don't go out and get Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl champions tattooed on your arm quite yet. Uh, we still have to see them become the normal Dallas Cowboys. Another division with big predictions there. All right. All right, little hometown team for team number three here. We're going to go Pittsburgh Steelers. I think you'd be crazy to say not like, anything other than up. They're trending up. I yeah. mean, look, Kenny Pickett, I think, won seven of his last eight games. He had some come-behind victories late in the season, right? Like, he, you could see the progress with Kenny Pickett. That's only going to get better. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren look like they are poised for a really, really good one-two punch in the backfield. Mm-hmm. I like the receiving core a ton. George Allen Pickens. Robinson, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson. Yeah. Two good tight ends now with Darnell Washington and Pat Fryermuth. Um, I love the addition of the offensive line. The, the guy from Georgia, Broderick Jones. Uh, defense is going to be the same thing. I mean, the, they win a ton when T.J. Watt plays. He's healthy. He's going to play probably 14 of 17 games. Yep. They'll win about 10 or 11 of them even. Um, So I would go up with the Steelers. I think so too. And I think a lot of people and a lot of analysts around the NFL kind of have them a little bit deflated. I think that they could vie for the division. Because I I think Baltimore is a very competitive and really good team. I think Baltimore wins seven games this year. They have a lot of injury issues. I think they win seven games. I think Cincinnati is going to be the big dog to beat now for the next couple years Pittsburgh. We match up well against Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Steelers up. Uh, fourth team here, we got the Green Bay Packers. Down. I mean, you lose a Hall of Fame quarterback. And I, I'm, I'm, like Jordan Love's a fine. He, he might be fine, but he's not a Hall of Fame level player. So, yeah. And I'm not. I'm not saying that they made the wrong decision, but I'm saying you're you're going to take a step back. There are certainly concerns, and, and it's it's a reboot. You're going to gonna reboot. To their defense, one called a full rebuild, but it's a reboot. Everybody has been telling Green Bay and everybody has been all over Green Bay to move off of Aaron and I feel like they waited a, a really really long time to do so you, you know you're going to take a little bit of a step back Th- yeah. that's planned that's it, built into the plan they're training down and it's okay like it's okay you get a couple years get a couple draft picks find out if Jordan Love is a guy I'm not sure if he is that's to be determined I doubt it but yeah but either way, you lose a guy like Aaron, you're going to be turning down. Um, next team up, we got the San Francisco 49ers. I would go sideways. First sideways, um, first sideways of the day, yeah. They have a really good roster. and I mean, they, may have, they haven't made a ton of improvements, but they haven't really lost anybody. Um, and the quarterback position is still the question mark. It's the same thing every year for the Niners. Mm-hmm. That's why they're sideways. It's been the same thing for the last four years. You still have is Jimmy G healthy? Is oh we brought Trey Lance in? Is he going to start? He's going to start, but then he's hurt. And now we have Jimmy G. So it's like it's the same situation every year for the Niners. It's sideways. Now they're Brock Purdy, and everything's just all convoluted. Yes, they always have the framework. They always have the roster. They always have the talent. Everywhere except quarterback. And I think that's why you haven't seen them really compete yet. You, you have to have that that position stapled in. You have to have that position top of the league if you're going to win. And yes, can Brock Purdy come in and win you a couple games in here and there? Sure. We saw it last season. But I think is he the be... kind of quarterback that can sustain a season? I don't think so. I don't think he is. Like you said, when he make throws a... the ball, I... you see the ball die. The ball visibly dies as he throws it. I think he can sustain it for a season, but the question is, like, is he going to sustain a Pro Bowl-level play? Probably not. Could he be Derek Carr? 
Yeah. I, think I don't know. Derek Carr's good, though. I think Derek Carr's good. But I think with that framework, he could be very comparable to a Derek Carr. Sure. Can he not wreck the Mercedes? Yes. Yes. Mm. That's all he needs to do. Right. We'll see. He's got to stay healthy. Yeah. And it's not like they're in the most competitive conference of all time. But at the I end mean, of the day, it's still I think the, the Cardinals, NFL. I think the Cardinals are tanking. Right. And yeah, I think the, the Rams, Rams are going to be, yeah, the the be Rams good. They'll be better, though. They'll be Rams better. Rams are going to be better. The Seahawks yeah. are going to be pretty damn good. They'll be okay. It's going to be interesting there, too. Um, okay, let's go Jacksonville Jaguars next. I'm going to go up. Uh, an ascending star. Second year under Doug Peterson. Really good offensive talent. They have a pass rush, so they're going to get up in games. Pass rushers, pin your ears back. Go get them. I mean, that, that's, that's a good roster. Mm-hmm. Like I said, ascending quarterback, ascending coach. In a bad division. In a bad division, yeah. So the division got worse. They got better. That's an up. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Some of the things I've heard about Jacksonville – they could win 14 games. I wouldn't even be surprised. It, their it's schedule, 6-0 in their division. Their schedule is insanely easy. 6-0 in their division. Just all around, though, their schedule is the easiest in the league. It is. It is. It's there for the taking. Could they Could they be the first seed in the uh, AFC? I heard this from a couple different places. I mean, KC, LA, and Denver are going to are gonna beat the hell out of each other. The yes, AFC but, East is going to... Mm. I'm sorry. AFC, yeah, AFC East. AFC, AFC North. North is going to do the same thing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they're the one, but I think they're a very high seed. Well, you got to remember the one is just all about wins losses, right? Do it, like even even as the one, say Kansas City, say they see Kansas City or or Buffalo or somebody in the actually I'm not huge on Buffalo, Kansas City or Cincinnati in the the um, divisional round. I would probably take. Cincinnati or Kansas City, even though Jacksonville is a better record, yeah. so they can be the one without being the favorite. Sure, sure. I, oh, it's that's going to be cool to watch. I, I'm excited to see them. Uh, last team here, though, we got the the Lions. The Lions have been. See, I, mean, I was back and forth between sideways and up on this one. I'll give them an up because I do think the division got worse, and I do like the Jameer Gibbs draft pick. I like the fit. I don't like the value of the pick. I'm running back a little bit early for my taste, but at the end of the day, he's going to make them a better team. I think he's a better DeAndre Swift in my eyes. Um, the offensive line has young players getting better. They're going to continue to get better, and we know Jared Goff, with protection, can be a top 10 guy. Swear yeah. to God. Statistically, Jared Goff can be a – no, he's, he's 8, 9, or 10, but can be a top 10 statistical guy with a good offensive line time to throw. Detroit needs it. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown like it a lot. I – it's a slight up. So you have the quarterback, you have a weapon, you have the defense, for the most part. Yeah. And now, the division got worse. And the division Aaron's got, out of the division. Yeah, the division There's no worse. way the Vikings go 11-0 and one score games again. No. I mean, no. Chicago will be slightly better, but let's not act like they're going to be world beaters. It's true. It's not. It's not. All right, so we got the Jets trending up, Cowboys trending down, Steelers going up, Packers going down, 49ers on a sideways slide, uh, the Jaguars going up, and the Lions also going up. It'll be interesting to see. Very excited to watch. Can't wait for Scott Hansen to give me all the action on NFL Red Zone this year. It's going to be – yeah, I can't wait. I, I was looking forward to it ever since the last week of Red Zone last year. So I love Scott Hansen. It's a great production all around. I would agree. Uh, Guys, let's go. We're going to transition into some sports news here. we got some stories for you. Let's get into it. All right, story number one here. Luis Arias records five hits Monday, raises his average to 400. Could be the first person to hit 400 since, what, I don't even know, like Tony Gwynn, Ted Williams, one of those, I don't know. Crazy. Um, He is not in to get to see, you know, uh, Tony Gwynn hit live, you know. He was out of the league by, by the time I was watching baseball. But I have seen... Right, I, I'm a student of the game. I have re- recorded his swing. Right, I have tried to replicate his swing. Obviously, I'm a righty, but still, nonetheless, take notes from it. I teach baseball. I give lessons. Right, I have played since I could walk. Yeah. Now it's not as pretty, but I would argue, technically speaking, Luis Arias might be the best pure hitter since Tony Gwynn. I mean, it is that good? Uh, being able to go the other way, hit it where it's pitched, hit every pitch, really. Right, like soft away, that's fine. He'll sit back, take it the other way, like. You go up, he's going to pull it, right? Like, you, you try to give him some velocity inside, he's going to bring his hands in and yank it down the line. Like, he is a really, really good hitter. I think his swing path and the plane of the swing also is what gives him 
such good probability to hit the baseball no matter where it's pitched right yeah. if you get that good bat lag behind you and you're able to get that maximize the time through the zone with the barrel of the bat you're going to be more successful statistically uh, yeah. and he has like the perfect swing and, and hitting 400 in the MLB is insane is the is I would say the most impressive stat in sports to this point stat yes i mean like obviously a uh, most impressive single moment would be like perfect game four right. run game all right. that but, type of stuff. Mo- but yeah like overall Over stat. The stat yeah if you can hit 400 that is ridiculous i think it's certainly up there yeah certainly up there starting story number two here big move in the nba bradley beal former guard um for the wizards being dealt to this phoenix suns landry shamit a bench player he's a guard um, former Wichita State shocker for those out there. You know, remember when Wichita State went on those runs in the uh, oh yeah in March Madness? Yeah. So Landry Shamit and um, Chris Paul will go to the Wizards. Now, there's some speculation. I would imagine that Chris Paul will probably be bought out by the Wizards. Um, they're looking for expiring contracts anyway, so they'll probably buy out Chris Paul. <clears throat> and he'll be a free agent, go anywhere he wants. Speculation, he'll go to the Clippers or Lakers maybe because he wants to live in L.A. I think Clippers is a good fit. Um, but Bradley Beal of the Suns, I, I don't hate it. Um, then the, they still don't have any bench now. I'm also not worried a ton about bench, right? If you have three really good scorers in their prime, I'm not super concerned if I'm getting scoring from the seventh or eighth guy off your bench. Um, but they do need to get some guys on the bench that can defend some three and D guys. Can you come in and play 12 minutes, knock down a three, maybe a couple free throws here, and and, and play good defense? Give me five points and in 12 minutes, play good defense. Sure, yeah. They can go find guys like that on the market for cheap, so I, they should be just fine. I think I don't know if it makes them better than Denver in the West, but it makes them at least close to competing with Denver. Now, again, I worry about the lack of size now because just well, we have K- things things have shifted Yo- that way. When Jokic is freaking huge, yeah. So it's like if you want to, if you got to look around, if you got to get out of the West and Jokic is in the West, how do you plan to defend Jokic? Right now, I don't know how you do. I mean, you still have Aiton under contract probably move Aiton for some pieces. Maybe if you can move DeAndre Aiton for a lesser offensive center, but a better defensive center, like a Miles Turner has been thrown around with the Pacers. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting. Like you said, if you can get Jokic from 37 to 31 points, that's a win, which should it's not a win. be a win, though. No. I mean, he's so skilled. It's like if you if you go defend him on the perimeter, somehow, some way, even though he's not quick, he's going to get by you. Uh, you bring help so he doesn't get by you, well, that's fine. He'll pass to the open man. Um, you put a smaller guy on him so you can defend him better on the outside. Well, it doesn't really matter because then he'll just get down low. He'll post you up and he'll put it in. It's just like he's got an answer for every every defensive strategy, even against the zone. Uh, Miami tried running a zone. They had an answer for it. Also credit to Michael Malone there for that answer. Yeah, for sure. Story number three here. Uh, another NBA story. Draymond Green has opted out of his uh, player option, so he's now an unrestricted free agent. Where do you think he goes? I think he probably stays in Golden State. Just because you opt out doesn't mean, like, you're leaving. It probably just means he wants a longer – he wants an extension, basically. He wants a new contract. Okay. So there's only one year, I think, like, $30 million left on, on his deal. Um, so, so he's going to opt out of that, and he'll probably sign something like three years, but for more annual money. Um, yeah, he'll probably stick around. Instead of $30 million, he'll get thirty-five or what I don't know, whatever he wants. Um, it's not a huge deal. I – if Draymond's asking for like $40 million a year, I would, I personally would have trouble paying that. I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if it's worth it. And I know he's a good defender and he's kind of like a catalyst and a leader on the team. Yeah. Am I really going to pay 40 to $45 million for a, like a, for like a raw, raw soul guy? guy? Like, yeah. I need 20 a game. I'm so, I, for $40 million, I need 20 a game. Or I need you to be like the best rim protector ever and 10 assists or something like that. Like, it, you have to be special at something, and I, he's not special defensively anymore. He's punching teammates, so he's not necessarily the raw raw guy. Like forty-five million, I can't do it. Forty million, can't do it. Thirty-five, I could probably do it. You'd have to move you off. Sleep at night there, but you, yeah, they're they're probably gonna have to move off Clay Thompson though too. To make that work, I don't know if yeah, I he wants any more. I don't. Ew. Well, I would take Draymond over Clay. Clay right now with all the injuries is a descending player, declining player. I mean, Draymond isn't necessarily ascending, but he still provides more value, I think. Okay. I, Clay, I mean, Clay wants a max deal, so you're talking like $50 million a year. Good God, I can't I would not pay year. that. I would okay, never thanks. pay yeah. that. I don't know. Okay, story number four here. Wyndham Clark wins the U.S. Open, right? So he was neck and neck with Rory McIlroy. Rory 
Rory finishes at nine under Wyndham Clark, just a tick better at 10 under to win the U.S. Open. It was in L.A. this past weekend. It was, it was an entertaining Sunday. Um, Wyndham was up by like two or three strokes on Rory. Next thing you know, Rory birdies one, and or actually no, he doesn't he doesn't even birdie one. He was at nine under like the entire round. Wyndham Clark was like three strokes up. He bogeys a couple holes down the stretch, and Rory was one tee box ahead of him. So Rory finishes at nine under. Wyndham Clark has one hole left, has to at least par it to stay, you know, a stroke ahead and win. And he did. Good for Wyndham Clark. It was a pretty impressive performance in LA this weekend. Yeah, it's this time of the year where I just I love golf. Yeah, it's it's not one of those things where I will like plan my day around it. But if I do know that there's a good golf event, I'll be like, oh, like on Sunday only thing that's going on is golf yeah right now college world series right now and then but it's going to be golf on tv most of the time right just throw it on in the background i mean make a drink or two yeah just relax it's a perfect sport to relax to yeah and you can you know see i i have a bad habit of going on my phony when i'm watching something yeah i'm a screenager it's fine i'm all right well i'm not a teenager anymore but you get you get the point yeah i like looking on my phone i'm sorry but it is what it is golf is a perfect sport where i can look at my phone and i know exactly what's happening on the tv like i don't like, you don't have to... It's like football. I need to watch. Like, I need to watch every second of every play to see every little thing. Yeah. Golf, it's like, yeah. Trust me, we've, we've watched sports mm. together for a long time. If football comes on, you're you not looking... No, you gotta, be, you gotta be zoned in on football. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, Even it's basketball, a whole different matter, animal. but yeah. yeah no, no, I, we, I don't watch a whole lot of basketball, though. March Madness. March Madness and, and the NBA, NBA playoffs. NBA playoffs, finals especially, yeah. Outside of that... Not too much. It's mainly football, and then any type of baseball that's on. After Good that, amount of baseball. After that, we'll go to UFC. College World Series. UFC. Can't wait. You're not looking at your phone during UFC at all, unless it's in between fights, and you're yeah. placing bets on DraftKings or FanDuel. Yeah, or even it. in between rounds real quick. you got about 20, 30 seconds, send yeah. a text or something, you know? Which I love about the UFC, because... Yeah. Mom, I'm alive. I'm just tanked, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just, you I know, am absolutely... Little text. Yeah, 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 right. Like... 11 beers deep, but I'm fine. Okay, now Izzy Adesanya, let's go. Like, All right, yeah, here you go. 50 bucks, throw my... Here we go. Bo Nickel, tap out first round. What's that? I, I, my $700 credit card bill this month. Let's try to win, Double down, double down, <laughs> double down, parlay it. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, um, but anyway, yeah, you mentioned baseball, College World Series. We're going to talk a little bit of College World Series coming out of the break here, so don't go anywhere, guys. Let's go third segment on Thursday, June 22nd. Uh, Should be a good one here. We got college baseball coming at you to finish up. And it should, I I mean, this is like the most interesting thing in sports right now, at least to me. Uh, I would agree. I am just enamored with college baseball. I love this time of the the year and and the College World Series and Omaha and just everything about it. Uh, It's fantastic to watch fantastic to cover so we're going to talk about that in this segment but go to the check out the newsletter it comes out every single wednesday uh, sign up for it right there on the home page just type the email in click sign up and then go to the email and just accept it there uh, and you will be receiving the newsletter every single week um, and while you're there check out the shop too we got all the merchandise in the shop and we have a lot of big announcements coming up so Check the website, follow the social medias, everything's in the description of the episode. But don't miss out just because you weren't paying attention. Go ahead and throw a subscribe, throw a like, throw a follow. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I've been I've been really digging the College World Series. So I actually went to a game last year in Omaha. Uh, and one thing that kind of stands out is it's not just, hey, you know, College World Series, like, you know, they're at their own individual ballparks. Like, no, it's a ballpark, 40,000 strong. Um, it's an event. The entire town, you know, the, the the surrounding city, right? Like everything nearby is geared to the College World Series for two weeks out of the year. Um, and same thing goes for like the effort and the the attention for the media. It's like you don't you're not going to get a ton of attention, ton of media throughout the year for college baseball. Right? It's just the fact of the matter. Maybe you know you'll start to see it increase with the regionals and even the uh, you know the conference tournaments, the SEC tournament, Big Ten or whatever. Start to see those. Those um, the media coverage increased that, but it really picks up with the College World Series. It's on ESPN all day long. Right? I think two o'clock usually is when the first game starts. Second game starts seven. There's usually two games every day. <clears throat> and I'm sitting there like, why? Because it's not just college baseball. College sports in general have really started to thrive as of late. Uh, and by as of late, I mean like the last five to ten years, where it's like, wow, it's exploding, right? Like. 
College softball, for example, has never experienced higher ratings. College softball is the same. It's the same thing. It's the same sport. College baseball's ratings have exploded. Women's college basketball, which for the first time in my life, I watched like more than 13 seconds of women's college Kaylin basketball. Kaylin Clark, man. Kaylin Clark got me to a television set. Even that Angel Reese for LSU didn't like her, but that's kind of why I watched, uh, you know. Uh, and now they have uh, another player from, I think, Louisville, something, Plith or Plath or something like that, that's transferring to LSU, who was in a bit of like a heated game with Angel Reese, is now joining her in LSU. So, like, I'm going to watch um, college football. Now, depending on where you're at, the ratings kind of fluctuate. It's very regional, right? Very South-dependent. Uh, SEC is big. But overall, ratings are going up, right? So college sports as a whole – we're seeing the ratings increase. And I'm like, why is that? And the more I see, the more I watch the college game, the more I see why the ratings are going up. It's a different level of passion. It's a different level of urgency. Because right? it's not it's not the talent. It's not the the product itself that is selling more you know, on TV, selling more in-person sales, selling more merchandise, blah, 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 blah. Because, I mean, let's be real. Like, anybody... Now, Paul Skeens aside, I think anybody that would go from college baseball right up to the pros would would get annihilated, right? So it's clearly not the talent level. Same thing goes for basketball, women's college basketball, whatever, whatever the sport may be. Going from college to the pro, those players would most likely get crushed. But it's not the product. It's not the talent. It's the urgency of the product. Where, like, when you are watching... Chase Burns, for example, who on Monday threw a beautiful six innings in relief, two hits, no earn for the Tennessee Volunteers to send them or to, to stave off elimination and to eliminate Stanford. That is, first of all, an all-time performance. Let's stop there. And he is going to be a very, very good he's a very good prospect for the league. You know, I don't know if he ends up making it to the pros and how he ends up doing in in the MLB, but very good prospect, nonetheless. But you can see his heart is on his sleeve when he's pitching. Like, there is a different level of urgency and passion each and every pitch, each and every game in college sports. And I have just had such a great appreciation through watching, you know, the conference tournaments and then the regionals, then the super regionals, and now Omaha, the College World Series. Such an appreciation for these student-athletes and what they do each and every day to get ready to go on and show out for their school. It's been impressive. I love it. I think... Yes, 100%. It's the intensity. Um, I think a lot of it, too, people that get annoyed with the the divas in professional sports. That's another thing, yeah. I think, uh, like, there are a lot of old school people out there and just people that like their athletes to be athletes and only athletes, right? Yeah, a lot um, of people do. I, I personally don't care a, a ton. I can separate, you know, artists from artists, athlete from their opinions right, or whatever. Sure. But yeah, yeah, no. But I that, that is a big, that's a big narrative. Um, and when you start seeing players in the professional realm start, you know, making waves and causing turbulence, yeah, I think that can turn people off. hundred percent. From a, a particular sport. And then you look at, college and everybody's fighting for that opportunity everybody is on the same level and now with nils we've seen it shift and change at least a little bit yeah but where they're starting they... to pay, get paid but it's not anything like a professional athlete yeah at the end of the day the best guys are still like like you still have to fight even if you are one of the top guys 100 percent. um and i think that humble the humbleness and the humility that's still in college sports is really part of the reason that it's so successful and being driven. I would agree. I also say it's, it feels more relatable, right? Like, yeah. And I've always said this with like, with Steph Curry, right? Like I think Steph Curry, it's up in the air, but I would argue he's more liked than LeBron James. I think LeBron James all time is a greater player, right? He can guard anywhere one through five. It doesn't matter. Like we're not getting into that, but I personally like Steph Curry better. And I think a lot of people do because he is more relatable, right? Like, mm-hmm. There's like one percent of the population is what's LeBron like six nine two sixty. Yeah, he's a linebacker. Nobody can relate to what he is able to do on the court. Almost anybody can go pick up a ball and try to emulate Steph Curry's game. You can take a step back, twenty seven footer. Now I'm not saying you're going to make it, 
but you can play similar to Steph Curry, right? You yeah. cannot play a LeBron James style of basketball unless you are as physically gifted as him, which almost nobody is. Right. Like college baseball in that same regard and college sports in general, they just, the athletes feel more relatable, right? Where you're just like, I remember going to college. I remember the struggles of class and relationships. And, and I got to go to the, the dining hall where it's a buffet. But then you're like, wait a minute. So they're going to do that. And they go to, to lift and then practice and then film study. And then they're going to turn around tomorrow. And then they got to leave for a brutal SEC, you know, weekend series at Vanderbilt. Yeah. Like, it's like you can relate to, like, the struggle and the grind that is college athletics. And I think the relatability aspect, too, comes into play when – you know, we all went to high school. We all knew people from high school that ended up playing college sports. But you don't always know somebody that ends up making it to the pros and ends up playing in the MLB, in the NFL, no matter, pick your professional league. Uh, so it's easier to relate with people like, you know, we could run down the list of, of people that we've had on the show that we've gone to high school with that now play Division One college sports, whether that's football or baseball. Yeah, even uh, basketball. And, and basketball. It is... <clears throat> it's more relatable. You're right. And I, I think we're starting to see that trend grow. It just yeah. college sports taking, taking root and, and really growing. And that's evident from what we do in, on, on the media side of things. Yeah. You can see it all over our research page, all over our review page. We were looking up stuff for the show before we started recording and we were trying to find topics and, and what would be best placed this week and what we should put next week. And, when it's trying to structure when we're going to do different segments, college baseball, college baseball was yeah. all over the Omaha, research tab. College baseball, college baseball, World Series, yeah. Every single tab. Yeah. Um, so it's growing in popularity, and as it should, because it's a fantastic product. Yep. That's all we got. Uh, yeah, that's it for the show today, guys. Uh, thanks for stopping in. Make sure you go to the social medias, follow everything, subscribe, like, like I said before. We really appreciate it, and we will see you guys next Thursday. That was The Issue.